Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. How the hell are we feeling here on a Wednesday, boys? Huh? Midweek? Getting ready? Now, are we ready to turn the page on week one in the NFL and get ready for week two? We still got drama, it feels like, in some spots around the league. How about it? Still things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Where's the drama? What do you mean? You, you even mean in Denver? I mean, they got uh, they got some issues there. We're one game is that, in. Is that drama, or I mean, what would you categorize that as? Uh, I would uh, categorize it as we're one game into a coaching regime, and already people are look giving him the side eye, going, "Eh, Nathaniel Hackett, not not looking too hot after one game," which is unfortunate. What, what did he do yesterday? Well, he uh, came out and he acknowledged he came that out. Uh, that. Oh, jeez. That's three minutes in. Uh, he uh, he brought up the fact that he may have made a regrettable choice in the decision to kick and attempt a 64-yard field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth down. And, and if you don't believe us, I mean, take it from the Broncos head coach who had this to say. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not, you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, Getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark. You know, the mark that we had all set before we started, we said uh, 46 yards. 
46 yard line was where we wanted to be and uh, we got there so we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to uh, you know Brandon and we did and it didn't work it sucks but hey that's part of it yep so it's just all part of it and it all played out <laughs> on national television um, you know what he sounded like he sounded like one of those like young people out there who um, was like really giddy about you know hey I made a mistake but you know what I learned from it and I'm going to be better next time. It was like, okay. Um, but that was, that was a pretty big mistake. And, and you're not like a, a, you're not, you're not a little kid anymore. You're actually like a grown man. You know, you, look, I, I love how he discussed how he went about doing it. Say, like he wasn't resulting. He wasn't looking at the result of it saying, you know, we, we, we should have did something different because of what happened with the field goal. Because if they make the field goal, we're not having this conversation, right? right? Yeah. But that wasn't what he said. He said we had a process. We talked about the 46-yard line was the mark to get to, which the odd thing about that is that's like a last-second dire circumstance with Brandon McManus. Like when they asked him the 46-yard line, which equated to a 64-yard field goal, that had to have been like, hey, what's the furthest back you can make it from in the stadium? Where would you want to be? That's the bare minimum accomplishment on the drive, right? Is get to the well, 46. not only bare minimum accomplishment, but like, hey, where do we have a shot? Like, where, where do we need to get to to have a shot for all this, right? And if he said the 46, you're going, okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make it. Like, what is he, one for eight of kicks over 60 yards? <laughs> but he made it once. Come on. I mean, they had to have been thinking in their head, we have a greater chance of us converting a fourth and five versus kicking a 64-yard field goal. Just in the history of the NFL, of kickers making that, whether it's Brandon McManus or anyone else for that matter. And on top of it, like I, I do think there's an element of you're paying Russell Wilson over $200 million bucks. At some point, you have to say, yeah, this is why we brought him in here. This, this is why he's our quarterback, to make plays like this. This is what we did to have the last few years when we felt like we were missing that one piece, that quarterback away. It's this guy who's supposed to come in and do this. So I, I'm glad he was able to admit fault you know people have a really hard time admitting they made a mistake but (laughs) you start doing this week after week after week trust me like no one's gonna be on board on this and and he's almost like so giddy in admitting that he made a mistake boy man we definitely were wrong we should have went for it like yeah man like we were all saying that It, it actually in the moment we were all saying that so uh i would be very curious to hear what the walton family uh who just bought the team is thinking about all this you got to have a level of patience and and have a level of emotional IQ, you know, readout. And, you know, that, that was a game. It, it certainly got messed up. Even before, even before the decision to kick the ball, I mean, just the amount of time it took to, to call timeout. Like, there was just mismanagement of, of the scenario. Um, but, you know, it's week one. If there's a week to give someone grace or to give them, like, I could see if this happened, like, say, first round of the playoffs, you know, you, you're you're up against it. You decide that this is the right decision. At least, at least execute the way you're leading up to the decision with with accuracy and 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 precision. I just think that it was indecisive and and it showed and and 
you know, you're sitting there and there's so many people. I mean, how many people were sitting in their bed or in, well, could have been in your bedroom, could have been in the living room, could have yeah. been wherever that, you know, bar, whatever. It could have been anywhere. Come on. And and was saying, yeah. call time out, like time out. <laughs> you know, you how many people call one? <laughs> how many people stopped <laughs> doing what they were doing in that moment and were calling time out before the coach did? You know, so my whole thing is, yeah, none none of us would be able to do what he's doing um, in that moment. I mean, maybe some of us, but you, you know what I mean. It's you know, it's it's real time. But I just think that he could have handled it differently, and that's something that you'll find out very quickly. Either he's going to learn quickly, because that's a talented group he's got there. That that yep. was that was the better football team on paper. It was probably the better football team in the game. Um, they mismanaged the the goal line. <laughs> um, they they just they mismanaged a few things in that game. Where but, but, if you what what the uh, I saw some people on Twitter talking about hey this is why Russell Wilson doesn't hand the ball off on the one yard line like like yeah. like someone was like retroactively connecting it back to Seattle just and doing Seattle, that like Super Bowl. I, yeah. I, I I found that kind of funny. I was like, yeah, because yeah, right, it was. Right. It, t- I mean, it doesn't matter either way. They're turning the football over. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but also. Like to Lavar's point, if you want to go back and identify, hey, what were the real big moments of the game? It wasn't the 64-yard field goal attempt. They fumbled no. the ball twice on the goal line, and yeah. that's not even part of the conversation. It feels like we like we've uh, people have already identified who the scapegoat's going to be if this season turns into a disaster. Yeah, that's what it is. It took that's one 100%. game. That's one hundred percent. Can I say this? Though? I mean, that's the the crown you wear when you're the you're the head coach. They didn't hit. They didn't hit in the preseason. They didn't play in the preseason. None of the starters played. And it showed. Like, I, I think it showed in the preseason in general that the lack of hitting and the way they went about training camp because Denver looked soft. And at times in this game, they looked soft. I mean, their defense, I mean, watching them, you know, play at times, I'm going, man, this is such a, like, long departure from what they were under Vic Fangio where you felt suffocating with that defense. And, and I, they've got Randy Gregory. They've got Bradley Chubb. They've got great pieces in the secondary. It was not that. And they were I making mean, plays. Some <laughs> of them days. were making plays, but, yeah. but not, not enough. Not enough. I mean, when you have a quarterback who basically goes almost perfect in the first half passing, that's not making plays. That's not pressure. That's not doing anything. That's I mean, good. all this off coverage they were playing too, I mean, it's just it was a long departure from what it was – under Vic Fangio, and, and I'm, I'm more concerned for them and, and maybe the narrative around it for a few reasons. I mean, I think, one, you have a really young staff, first-time defensive play caller. you got a first-time head coach. I mean, it's all like first-timers, and it showed at the end of the game where inexperience tends to show. And even as talented as that roster is, if you don't put those players in a position to be able to succeed, they're, they're, they can only do so much. And so at the end of the game, that's why I kind of kept thinking back, man, if you're Russell, and just from my experience being with him and being in that quarterback room and knowing how much Pete Carroll emphasized two minutes, I, I've told this story before. They used to install two minute was, was one of the first things they did, which is really unique, which is really unique for any offense. You're like, no, it's first, second down, install, base offense. All. No, no, they did two minute because Pete Carroll always says most games in the NFL are decided in two minutes. So that should be the thing you can rely on the most. And so when he was in Seattle, that was why Russell was so good, the team was so good in those situations, because they practiced him. That was the first thing they did every year. 
every year. And so it was just shocking to me that Russell, when it turned, called a timeout, that he would have taken control of that scenario. Because that's the thing, especially in the West Coast offense, there's times when, like, they let you call the two-minute. You're not looking at the sideline. You're out there calling it. The, the, the head coach or offensive uh, coordinator goes over, like, what plays you're looking at, what you're seeing, and you call it. And you're kind of controlling it because it's faster that way. So it, it was just surprising to me not only how Nathaniel Hackett and his staff handle it because there always should be someone in the box telling them, hey, time out here, do this, do that. Like, they've got that sheet. They, know, they should know situationally what they're doing. Not only did they not have that going on, but even Russell in that instance wasn't saying, time out, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. we have three timeouts. We need to save time here because I'm going to go pick up this first down. Oh, you want to kick it? No. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have you try a 64-yard field goal. This game, for me to come to Denver, everything I went through, no, you're putting this on my back. Let me get it closer before we take a field goal or exhaust all efforts. It's I too just bad. thought it was wild. Everybody knew that except the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Although it just uh, – this is exactly why I would never want to have my coaching debut in primetime, ever. Yeah. With everybody watching, I'm, I'm good. Denver well, sure doesn't want on a Monday night football. They it, can't seem to win one lately. <laughs> just, just bury me can, in the early slate of games. Can and we go back and hear just off the top how Nathaniel Hackett's so giddy to tell everyone he was wrong? He's excited. Look, you make mistakes. You want to own them. Can we just them? hear it one more time? About it. Come on, Nathaniel. Speak up. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just look back at it and you say, <laughs> of course, we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, I mean, we had a plan. At that point, I mean, we had a plan. We knew you're just goal. like, OK, uh, yeah, we definitely, yeah, definitely, man. Like, dude, we definitely should have gone for it. Definitely. <laughs> just what a. Uh, Oh, what, what a, a revelation it was yeah. to, to Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> it's like, you know, upon further review, golly, should have gone for it. Uh, it is. It is what was I thinking? A cup of joke. God, I, if somebody would have told me what the situation yeah. was, I definitely would have gone hey, for it. Just happy to be here, man. Just happy to be here. But, man, we definitely should have went for it. My bad. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Oh, man. Well, at least they're in a, uh, in a division that doesn't have any other good teams in it. So yeah, be by the yeah, way, no, yeah. no big deal. Like, it's not like every win probably matters in that division yeah it's yeah. all good yeah. you know you're just yeah. in, a, in a nightmare conference and and there was teams that look so good you want to know how i was thinking you brought this up i think a little bit yesterday where you were saying uh brady that people like i think forgot about the bills already we forget like how good they were like yeah. and, and then you see kansas city and then you see the chargers and you see some of these other teams and you realize that's just murderer's row when it comes to having to deal with anybody in that conference. So you lose that game, and uh, now you're in a tough spot if you're in a Don't worry, like though. It. They'll get it right the next time. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And if will. not, don't worry about it. Oh, it'll man. be better after that next time. Well, listen, you, know, you never... I definitely think it'll get better the next time after, I mean, hold on. even if it doesn't. LeVar, have you ever looked at your young men in the eyes and been like, definitely should have did this. Sorry, guys. That was uh, way off. Uh, 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 I, I can't say I have. Like, I, I would have been more like remorseful. I would have been like, you know, um, I'm an absolute moron. I'm an idiot. I'm an imbecile. I can't believe I made that decision. I let my fa- the fans down, this team down, our ownership. Like I would have been so much more down instead of like, yeah. excited. Like man, I royally messed that up. But Maybe uh, it was just a real epiphany, you know. <laughs> in that very moment, in that very moment, he had a real epiphany. Like I really did mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So uh, we've got... Uh, unbelievable. Uh, you are a scumbag and a half, Birdo. Uh, Birdo, he's oh. just... He's on one. Oh. Yeah, he's just that's that that's Birdo. People were asking yesterday if we can get the off-air version of Roberto. Nope. No, we cannot. <laughs> Trust me, uh, we can we could absolutely not. Uh, it would cost some uh, some people a lot around here if that happened. Oh. So uh, we move forward to the situation with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they've got a problem. Their quarterback is now out, and that was a quarterback who helped produce a three-point performance. Uh, I believe they were the only team in the NFL that did not score a touchdown uh, in the opening week of the season. LeVar's Dallas Cowboys. And um, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, was on his one of his, I think he does two weekly visits with the fan in Dallas. And uh, he gave an update, a very positive, optimistic update about the status of Dak Prescott and the surgery and when the timeline is and when Dak could possibly return. If we thought he wasn't going to be ready to go for uh, four games until after four games, we would put him on IR. We're not doing that. We think he can come in and play, so we don't want to uh, not have him out there practicing. We want him uh, getting prepared, and we'll see how he uh, handles this thing, how it um, heals, mainly how he can, uh, his strength, how he can grip the ball, what his status is. Uh, but that's not being an optimist. The proof is that uh, we got a good surgery, got good technique, and uh, feel b- better about it than we did uh, Sunday night. Okay. Hmm. If he comes back in four weeks, what the hell is he going to look like with that sort of an injury? Quarterback of the show, Brady Quinn. It, it's it's hard to tell. Um, I would say this. I mean, it takes bones usually about six weeks to heal. And if he's got a fracture, like they say, I would imagine there's going to be a certain degree of pain tolerance he's dealing with. And, and the hard thing about shooting it up and numbing it is, as a quarterback, you want to have that feel on the football. Uh, you want to have that feel not only for your grip, but for your release, you're right, and how you spin the football. Um, if you numb up, you know, let's say that part of your hand, or even if you take away some sort of painkiller, you don't quite have it, it's going to feel awkward. You know, it, it might lead to some inconsistencies or inaccuracies. So you got to be careful about all of it. Beside the standpoint that he's probably going to be in shotgun, he's not going to be taking a snap. You know, when you're under center, that right hand of his, that throwing hand, that's that's the top part that you're actually like lifting up the center with, and that's the hand he's going to snap to. Like that's the spot that he's looking to hit is literally the the meat of your right hand if you're a right-handed quarterback. And that thumb sometimes ends up getting hit. And so you're not going to want to do that to them. So they're going to be an offense that stays in shotgun, which you know, I think hurts the running game a bit. Um, and you could probably ask Zeke and, and Tony Pollard that. But they're going to have to make concessions uh, for what he's doing. You know, I don't know that he's going to be as good down the field throwing the football. Might have to be short, intermediate passes, screens, things like that. So it's hard to dictate what it's going to look like four weeks from now, but I think this is a mistake on the part of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, maybe it's stubbornness. Um, they, they know the injury, obviously, and, and the process better than I do. Uh, I haven't had this sort of fracture in my thumb. I've only had the mallet finger. But I can tell you this much. When your grip is affected, it takes a while to come back from it. And depending on the plate and screws they put in, it's going to feel different. And it's going to take him time to adapt and adjust 
to whatever that new grip, whatever that new feel is on the football. And, and it could look ugly. Like we saw from Russell Wilson last year, it could look ugly. Here's what I'll say. They were going to struggle with a healthy hand on Dak Prescott. So it can't be too far off from what the struggle was going to be with a healthy Dak Prescott than what it is with a, a, an altered throwing hand of Dak Prescott. It's kind of like I just think that I think the offense is going to struggle and they were going to struggle. So whatever that is, I mean, they'll probably struggle more, sure, with, without Dak Prescott in there. They'll probably struggle more with uh, an uh, altered hand of Dak Prescott. But nonetheless, I just think this offense was going to struggle, and that was confirmed in week one. Now, what they do moving forward, you know, the cool thing about football is and the cool thing about sports is you can get out there and you can always prove people wrong or you can prove them right. It's like a 50-50 proposition. Some people think that Dallas still will be okay. It's week one. No need to panic. Some people don't have any faith in Dallas being good at all. I mean, it's, you know, whatever side you fall on, they have the ability to go out there and make it so one way or the other. I just think that this offense is going to struggle all season, whether he's there or not, whether it's four weeks he needs to to get healthy enough to be able to get out there or not. I just, you know, I, I think their circumstances are their circumstances. Their 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 problems stem far beyond uh, a fractured thumb of Dak Prescott. You don't think they're significantly worse at quarterback now than they would have been with Dak Prescott at quarterback? Yeah, but they were going to struggle anyway. It almost in a way, it gives them like it gives them a reprieve in, in some regards because it's like you don't have to take these L's that you're going to take with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. It, it almost makes it a little bit better to lose without Dak. Why, why do you think that, them. though? Because they didn't have Amari Cooper? Um, I, yeah, I, I think losing – First of all, I did not think that their offensive line had had vastly improved from how, you know, in my opinion, I thought they were average last year. I didn't think that they lived up to what what was considered to be a, a prime Pro Bowl, all pro, you know, offensive line unit. They haven't been that. They've been injured and largely inconsistent. Like I said, in, in bigger games, I just didn't see them show – show that they were you know they showed they could be competitive they didn't show that they were elite and and that's why I said I felt like the stats were were a little bit misleading in terms of the things that they led in because they weren't winning big games and and so to me coming into this season I didn't feel like they I I felt like they got worse in the offseason I didn't feel like they got better um, and they needed to focus in on getting better on the offensive side of the ball, and it didn't. I just didn't happen. I feel like I feel like you just don't like Dallas. Is that no, just your, their, I, I, like Washington and and New York no, uh, time? Oh. I, I dislike the owner of Washington more than I dislike the owner. I don't. I don't even dislike the owner of of Dallas, and I don't have any hard feelings towards the team. I mean, except for when we lost to them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers did. 90, what was that? Ninety five, I think. Okay, 94. let me ask you: Would you rather have Dak Prescott? Or Neil O'Donnell, um, Neil O'Donnell took wow. took him to the Super Bowl. Okay, 
I mean, I'm just saying, Neil O'Donnell did make a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. And while you can say that it was largely in part due to a strong running game and, and a, a stout defense, nonetheless, he still was at the helm for a Super Bowl appearance. It's not, you know, he's a Super Bowl appearing quarterback. I'm just saying. I, how close are Dallas? How how close do you guys think Dallas is? Since I'm the hater of Dallas, how how close do you guys think Dallas is to the Super Bowl? I think they're a playoff team, but I think they're the second tier of NFC teams. I, w- I would put Green Bay, Tampa ahead of them coming into the season. We're just one game in. I would put Green Bay, Tampa, probably the Rams ahead of them, and I would put Dallas on that second tier. But I think they have a fighting chance with Dak Prescott, and without him, I don't think they have any chance at all. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at the entire NFL, I, I wouldn't put them or categorize them as a team that I think is going to win a Super Bowl. But I'm also – the like, last person you want to ask because every walking into every season, I think there's like seven teams that can win a Super Bowl. Like I, I, don't, I honestly don't believe there is more than a quarter of the league that can win a Super Bowl year in year out. And and I know last year with the Bengals and them getting there, that probably would have debunked like my feelings on it. But the reality is, the Rams were one of those teams last year that I thought could win one, and, and they ended up winning one. And so just because the Bengals got there, that doesn't mean they can win it. Uh, there, there's flaws in, in their team, right? Their offensive line, you know, looked awful week yeah, one. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Their defense, you know, didn't look great, um, obviously early in that game. But, you know, that's another kind of glaring weakness. So I just I think you go down each team by team. You're looking at a team like Green Bay. You're looking at a team like Tampa. You look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. And, and you can go on out. I mean, obviously the L.A. Rams, I, I think if, if Stafford's healthy, even though we kind of tend to forget – Something looked off in their week one matchup yeah. versus the Bills with him throwing. So we'll see how that, that, that goes moving forward. But I, I just – I really don't believe in that many teams have the ability to win a Super Bowl. I think they're playoff teams. But for the most part, like Kansas City and, and Buffalo are so much further ahead of everyone else. And you can even make the case of Tampa. And I'm going to say Green Bay. And, and everyone's going to well, what do you mean? The Minnesota Vikings just beat them. Come on, man. We, we saw the Saints beat the, the Packers last year week one. How'd that turn out for Aaron Rodgers? You know, I mean, yeah. he won the MVP again. I just, I don't tend to overreact on that, but there's only a few teams that really have a, a legitimate shot. But you don't feel that way about Dallas? No, and that's more, you know, again, I think when you compare the quarterback play too, like, I just, I, I don't, I don't see Dak in that upper echelon with some of those guys you're talking about. And, and that's what I, I mean, yeah. So you better have uh, an outrageous offensive line like they had at one point. You better have an outrageous running game, which you had at one point. You better have a guy that can take the pressure off of the other guys like an Omari Cooper, which they had at one point. They don't have those things anymore. I I think the toughest thing for me in looking at last year and their schedule and their stats is just, you know, they won the games they won. Like, they can't control their schedule. You know, they had some pretty big wins. I mean, obviously, their division games are always going to be big. Um, they won in New England, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they didn't have the hardest schedule last year, so maybe that played a role as far as you know what what last year looked like or big games or whatnot. I mean, getting to the playoffs, they lost to a team that ended up going to the NFC Championship. It's not like – I think the way they lost more spoke to not even the fact of their inability to get to a Super Bowl, but just like we talked about with Nathaniel Hackett, like how that could be the way you handle that final minute circumstance would concern you, I think – moving forward every time you get into that scenario with Mike McCarthy, just with how they handled it last year in the playoffs. Let me ask you guys if you're surprised by – or I'll ask you 
guess the order because DraftKings has now reshuffled the odds for each division of who's most likely to win the division and who's not. Okay. Guess the order of favorite to least favorite in the NFC East right now. What would be your guys' uh, guess? Philly, Washington, New York, Dallas. Okay. Damn. Lamar? I, I would put Dallas ahead of uh, New York, even though they, they got off to a good start. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much the order. All right, so Philly's the favorite at a minus 150. Then you've got the Giants at 4-1. to one. <laughs> then, the, then the Commandos at 5-1. to one. And then Dallas is a plus 650. Wow. I, Dude, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, I'd go bet on Washington right now. That team looked – they don't even have Chase Young right now. And they yeah. look good. I know it's Jacksonville, but Wentz looked comfortable. He looked good. I, I just – I'm, I'm a little surprised, though, that if, if this is why – I think this is just an indicator that Jerry Jones is being super optimistic. The fact that they're looking at the Giants, who were fortunate to win that game in Tennessee, as being more likely to win the division with Daniel Jones at quarterback and all the all the stuff surrounding them going into this season than Dallas would be. I think that's people looking at this going, he can spin the three to four weeks all we want. Three of those games, three of their first five games uh, over the next five weeks, rather, are, are divisional games. And you're probably going to be with your backup quarterback. I just, I don't see this playing. I, I think the season's over for Dallas. I mean, it's over. Like this is like one game, one weekend, you didn't even get through the full week or through the full game. And I think Dallas is in a spot where they're going to maybe rush him back too soon. He's not going to be anywhere close to hundred percent. Their season's over. And now we're looking at potentially a lot of overhaul and changes at several spots, not just head coach in the off season. I, I think the interesting thing is if this does lead to a change at head coach, it's, it's been assumed that Dan Quinn would be a guy they'd look at. But there's also Sean Payton who's sitting out there, right? Yeah. I think it'd be fascinating if Sean Payton was like, ah, I don't know if I want to deal with that mess, and ended up going elsewhere. If he was going to come back and take a coaching job, but ended up going elsewhere. Like, that would be one where I'd be like, it'd be hard to turn down because you know the Jones family's going to pay, and you know they want an offensive mind like that. Sean Payton, much like Jason Garrett was, was a, a guy that they had had you know, in there before and wanted to bring back again. Hard to say no, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's a circus, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are in this situation for Jerry Jones and Steven Jones not allocating more of their salary cap to a backup and making sure they had that in place, considering the potential O-line issues, as, as LeVar pointed out, and the injury history of your quarterback. It just, if you really felt like you were competing for a Super Bowl, you would have had your roster more buttoned up by this point. It's two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, go ahead, Lamar. No, I was I just breathing that one out. Oh. Like, yeah, like he, that's that's an accurate readout. Oh, I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off there. No, so you didn't cut me sure. off. Hey, I wasn't I, even. I, I, I just we started. are. Yeah, I was just breathing through it. But okay. I thought he was squatting. Uh, by the yeah. way, when we do the sniffs, uh, some people have sent some stuff over on Twitter. Uh, we're, nobody's, nobody's skiing here. We just want to be clear on that. This oh, is, uh, yeah, just want to. Maybe we are. Okay. I mean, look, just because you're in L.A. <laughs> what business and, of it is yeah. yours. Yeah. 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 Screw you. Know, you. Screw it's powdered sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little pack of donuts to start your morning. What do you want from us? There's nothing wrong with uh, what we're doing here. Do you here. want to tell them the real reason why we do it? So it's kind of like uh, a flex, no, an on-air no. flex. It's it's what you do. Yeah, we're we're kind of mocking you because after Jonas feels like he makes a witty comment, 
he, for some reason, his natural tick is to go. Well, it's, and so, yeah. It's more the transit. It's not really the witty comment. It's more the transition. You want to make sure we segue. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a you want to make sure sniff. we notice what, you do, what yeah. you've done. I call it the segue sniff. You know, just mm. want to let everybody know. It's, you know, kind of a flex a little bit. You know, just let them know. You got a, got a good pump in, you know, when you feel like you uh, you made a good, uh, good transition from one place to the other. And, and again, you tune into this show because you discover things like that. Speaking of which. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast. Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. We're going to get a heavy dose right now of the old P. Petros Papadakis, the co-host of the Petros and Money Show on the Blowtorch. AM570 LA Sports, Fox College football analyst. P, what's happening? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Hello. How are we feeling, P? Uh, I'm busy. Yeah. A lot going on. Yeah. Two games this week, three games next week, two games the week after that. So I'm trying to learn about the UT Martin Skyhawks. Hmm. That's a badass mascot. It is a badass. That's really what they got going. That's about it. What is is a Skyhawk? I mean, it's a hawk, obviously. Well, the school uh, was – the school's not old, and I think uh, they used to be called the Hawks, the school that was on the area before uh, UT Martin took over. And uh, so they were called the Hawks, and then there was also Air Force training there, I think for World War II in that area. Uh, so the Skyhawks. There, there you go. Huh. Yeah. I mean, isn't that right. redundant? I mean, where else would Hawks be instead of the Sky? Well, we're, we're, it's in college football. I mean, we have the War Eagle. Yeah. And, war you know, Eagle. last I heard, the Eagles never even uh, participated in a war. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of stupid stuff in college football. Like, what's a hokey? Yeah. What is a fighting a gobbler? It's like a weird gobbledygooker. Yeah, it's a fighting gobbler is what, it, what it's called. We were talking about the Browns putting a Brownie the Elf in the middle of their field earlier today. It's like, I, they're asking me, I'm like, I was a Brown. I, I never remember us really talking about Brownie the Elf when we were well, there. Well, I mean, do you remember Sir Purr when you played against the Carolina Panthers? No. Sir Purr. Is Sir that, Purr. Is oh, the, the cat. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. their cat. Yeah, that's Sir cat. Purr. You know, it's funny. Jesus. Petros, I never played against Carolina. I didn't learn that until I had to broadcast a game from there. And I remember someone said that to me. And I'm like, is that a foreign language? And they're like, oh, no, our, our mascot. I was like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Sir Purr. What's the name of USC's horse? What Traveler. Is, that's right. Traveler. Same Come name on. as uh, Robert E. Lee's horse, which okay. is an issue, apparently. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, what, is Robert E. Lee trying to sue him now? Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, the other way around. Gotcha. <laughs> Do you know what's something that's interesting I learned about? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people knew this, but I learned about the Civil War is that uh, Arlington National Cemetery was Robert E. Lee's house. Oh, wow. And, uh, and Robert E. Lee was, they asked Robert E. Lee to lead the Union Army. First, Abraham Lincoln asked him, like, hey, would you lead this army? And he said, I would, but I can't raise a sword against Virginia, where he's from. And so he went to lead the other army, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, like, so many people died and it was such a shock, it was an unbelievably brutal war in ways that we just can't even imagine in modern times. Uh, because people started dying, they just started burying them literally in his front yard they started burying all the union soldiers there uh, and he never returned home to arlington that's his house 
that they wow. turned into a giant boneyard uh, because of the uh, Civil War. Anyway, I thought that was always – I always thought that was that, – like, That is interesting. Like, hey, you know, we're, the body's already here. Might as well turn this into something. Petros is a renaissance man. He man. is. Do you want another really Civil is. War fun fact? Yeah, come on. Okay, the first battle of the Civil War was at uh, Bull Run. Yeah. In uh, Virginia, or one of the first battles, and people didn't like. There was a lot of politicians that were like, "No one's going to die. What are you talking about? This is a joke." And well, so many people went out to the first battle, like aristocrats, just to watch the battle. And we're getting knocked off. And then all of a sudden, it got really gnarly, and people they everybody started retreating. It was a big Southern victory. But anyway, there was some guy that had a house uh, right there. And it got uh, his uh, his parlor room got exploded, and there was like all this commotion, a terrible war, and all this death at his house. And he's like, "F this, I'm moving." Uh, so he moved like into the deep country of Virginia because the first battle of the Civil War was in his front yard, and then the war literally ended in the town he moved to, and they signed <laughs> you know the treaty. The name? They signed the treaty in his living room. What's the name of the town? Williamsburg? Uh, the, where, where they signed the treaty? Yeah. Oh, uh, God, I'll look it up. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, though. How yeah, it's it? like this one guy. It's how they start the Ken Burns documentary. Uh, mm. And it, it's just the stupidest stuff that happened back in the day that we are all, like, shocked by. By but, the way. Uh, I guess people stray, are just as dumb as they used to be. Think about a stray bullet. Like, like when you're talking about back then, the technology of just a muskets. rifle. Yeah. Those things were not that accurate. And yeah. Well, the other part of it was no one knew, uh, no one had uh, any idea. They still had old school war, kind of like revolutionary war principles right. where you line everybody up. But the march. rifles were much more, uh, the rifles were much more sophisticated. So uh, they were like repeating rifles that you didn't have to reload every single time. You could shoot them like five or six times. And that's why people just got absolutely massacred. But for every single person that died in a battle, in it's Appomattox uh, Courthouse. That's what it was, Appomattox, mm. Virginia. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's so many weird names, Manassas and all those yeah, strange Manassas. towns out yeah. there. Uh but it was just horrifying to people because uh, – but for every person that died, two died of uh, disease. Like Camp Randall, right, where Wisconsin just lost to Washington State? Yeah. Yep. Okay, that used to be a Union soldier training ground. And then when the war started, it became a prison for Confederate soldiers who were captured. And then when the winter came, they all just died. Uh, and so it became a cemetery for uh, the Confederate soldiers. Yeah. But the, the stadium is not on top of the cemetery. Okay. You sure? Well, that's that's yeah. a good thing to know. I am positive. So it does yeah. make sense that House of Pain would be played there. Like, if you could just go back in time and think Pack about it. Pack it up. The, uh, yeah, Pack it in. Yeah, it just does. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a weird time. And by, people were brushing their teeth with sandpaper. Just a weird time for everybody involved. They had wooden teeth back then. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you literally were filing down the teeth. Yeah, yeah. old 50 grit. George Washington's teeth were not wooden, though. Yeah. They I heard, were I, I, though. I, yeah, I heard a story about where those teeth were. Uh, 
at where they came from, and uh, not a, not a very nice story or not a good look for George Washington. You got to kill a few elephants to get your teeth in your head back in the day, Jonas. Or not not elephants, maybe some you know yeah. some Uh-oh. other people. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. That's, but were again, they dead? Uh, no, I just I heard some. Uh, you know, you can look. You heard up. like what were you in a bar? No, and, like, I just, yeah, uh, I, I've heard some Mount stories. Mount Vernon bar where you heard the yeah. story. I've, I've heard some stories that those teeth may have belonged to somebody else. Mm. Oh, for real? Yeah, we'll borrow those. Yeah. Lafayette. Uh, <laughs> To somebody else's. Um, Who knew Jonas was a historian? I did look. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. By the way, he doesn't read. It's all word of mouth. Yeah. You hear it from like the the second cousin of George Washington, twice removes, great, 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 great grandfather. You heard that story. It's good good when a good friend of yours tells everybody you don't read on the air. It's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. You've told me that. I'm I'm sorry. You said I don't read. Please don't listen to this man. He's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Petros. Yeah, you called you call the Arizona Mississippi State game. Just, yeah, I sure you know, did. Just figure I try to change subjects here instead of us um, heading towards. Getty well, look, Park. I looked up all these towns in Mississippi, and if you want some history, dude. yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it kind of is a, a interesting segue. You know, Mississippi and you know Civil War. Anyway, there was you a called lot of the stuff. game. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Mississippi went into Tucson and throttled. The Wildcats were they that good, or was Arizona just where? Where are they at? Because a lot of people had high hopes for Arizona. Yeah, well, we're going to find out where Arizona's at this week because they're playing uh, North Dakota State, and North Dakota State, whenever they play an FCS team, they win. Uh, the last six F- uh, FBS teams they've played, excuse me, they've beaten uh, Kansas State, Kansas. I think they beat Iowa. Uh, I think they lost to Iowa State in like 06. Like North Dakota State's no joke. And they are absolutely a dominant football program in the FCS. And whenever they do go play somebody, they go beat them. They run the hell out of the ball. Obviously, it's places, uh, it's place uh, like North Dakota State that, uh, or it is North Dakota State that uh, Carson Wentz and Easton Trey Stick Lance. and Trey Lance and all those guys are from so it's a it's a tall order for arizona because they're like the concord de la salle of uh of uh fcs football they they move together as one and they have a really good thing going arizona i mean i i thought the quarterback had an absolute meltdown and that happens from time to time but this one was pretty uh pronounced he was running all over the place and making a lot of really bad decisions it's the worst i've ever seen him play Mm. Jaden Delora. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that'll – I don't expect that to happen again in that kind of way. If it does, they might have a decision to make. But I, I didn't think Arizona got beaten that bad. I, I just okay. thought uh, – I thought Mississippi State, uh, that guy that they have playing quarterback, Will Rogers, oh, was yeah. like he was born to play quarterback for Leach. Mm. He, he gets sling it, man. Yeah, he gets the ball out. He's really accurate. He leads the hell out of that offense. They have big, huge outside receivers, little tiny fast guys on the inside, tough running backs. I mean, that's as good of a leech offense in what he does, I think, is probably as uh, as he had back at Texas Tech with Crabtree and Graham Harrell. There, mm. they were really impressive to me and fun to watch. And I love their deep. They had a Sam Backer, Wheat, was his name. He's a uh, 270 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, and he could move. So yeah. I had a, I had a lot of fun watching it. I hadn't done an SEC last SEC game I did on TV 
USC hung 70 on Arkansas. Mm. Yeah. And that Arkansas team had McFadden and Peyton Hillis and uh, uh, Felix, Felix Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they had a lot of guys. So uh, uh, it was good it to a see. a great game, though, man. You sounded oh, really you. good, man. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have a problem with my voice, but, you know, yeah. there's going to nah, be a lot of it on TV this week. So. <laughs> sounded good, bro. <laughs> Petros, um, speaking of that, your alma mater – uh, USC, th- this past week, I think, was the first game where you kind of saw and go, okay, Stanford had, had given them some issues in the past from time to time, kind of one of those, I don't know if you call rivalries, but. Um, oh, it's a rival. It's a rivalry. I, I mean, they, they laid it on them. Like, I, that, was, that was that game where I go, okay, like, I am ready to anoint them as, without a doubt, a college football playoff contender. I think in part because really? of just how. Yes, and for this reason. I don't see many offenses operate the way that offense can. Yeah, it looks and, like and, they're completely in control, right? Well, it's not even completely in control. It just looks like they can overwhelm anyone. And and, and here's where we're at in college football. You know, I, I still need defense to win. Georgia proved that to a degree last year. But we kind of tend to forget how well Stetson Bennett and the offense played in the semis and national championship game. Like, if Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and the rest of the entire offense plays the way they are, I just, like, I don't think, like, for example, Fresno State. I don't think Fresno State's going to be able to keep up with them. Like, and it's just overwhelming when you take on a team that you know you're going to have to try to you know, hang with and, and put up as many points. When I just, they, they feel unstoppable to a degree offensively. I mean, I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on where you feel like they're at. I know the defense isn't where it needs to be yet, but I don't think it, it needs to get that much better. I mean, LSU, when they won, where they were like a top 50 defense, they weren't, it wasn't like they were that dominant defensively that year. No, people were, uh, people were going up and down the field uh, uh, in that game. And USC happened to force, uh, like they did with Rice, uh, yep. a couple of turnovers right by the goal line. And that's great. I mean, you want your defense to force turnovers. And to me, that's more of like an Oklahoma State model, right? What Mike Gundy does, whereas they fly up and down the field offensively, their quarterback's a Heisman candidate, all those things. And uh, the defense forces turnovers and kind of bends but doesn't break. And if that's the style they're going to play, then they're, they're having success with it. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the offense is overwhelming. But there are games, and I just think of Oklahoma last year, where all of a sudden it's like you're down 21 to Kansas and you just don't understand why your offense isn't working. And it's like, Kansas? What are they doing defensively to stop the juggernaut? Like, the does this thing run like this in every game? And I guess it's feasible to think that it does. Uh, I don't know if that makes them a, a playoff contender. It certainly makes them a contender in the Pac-12 and somebody to be reckoned with on the West Coast. And that's what USC needs to be for the West Coast to be relevant, obviously. With the Big Ten move, maybe it's a moot point. But, yes, I've, I've been impressed. I've been impressed with Lincoln. He plays a lot of guys. They play guys on defense. They try to adjust defensively. Stanford was killing them with RPOs in the first half, and they adjusted to that. They adjusted to Rice running with a fullback and, like, three tight ends at him. So that that's a good sign. Uh, the next two weeks will be a really great litmus test or a Mark Twain for SC. Because Jake Hayner's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. Pac-12 slayer, baby. Yeah, and he hates USC. 
because they didn't recruit him because he grew up rooting for him. You know, the same old story. A couple inches short. And Jay Kaner is special. And Fresno State just played a war, a really entertaining game, uh, against Oregon State. And Oregon State is also deeply underrated this year. And their quarterback, Chance Nolan, is really, really good. So uh, let's see what USC does in the next two weeks against the – like, I like Tanner McKee, but let's see what SC does against these two really, really experienced quarterbacks who have had a lot of success on the West Coast. And if they dominate them in a similar fashion – then we'll start talking, Brady. Uh, Petros, okay. before we let you go, uh, what did you make of Nebraska firing Scott Frost after three weeks? You know, it just uh, – it stood. first of all, I kind of like Scott Frost, even though he's a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and he is a weirdo. How's <laughs> he a weirdo? He's just weird. He he's talks, jacked, he though. Weird? He Petros, talks really quietly. He's jacked, though. Come on. Oh, he's swole. No, I like him. He's, he's just swole. He's uh, a <laughs> – you know, I mean – He's got the attitude of, like, a hired killer or something, you know? Like, you know, yes, we tried that really – you know, it's like, okay, it's just football, you know? I mean, but anyway, uh, I, I met him when he was the receiver coach at Oregon. So I've, I've known him a long time. But uh, I'll just never forget, I was doing – I've always been really close with Mike Riley because he was uh, our coordinator at USC when I first got there. And he's a really just a great person. Uh, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah, and he's Lot. You know, mm. I, I've always loved wow. uh, 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 Mike Riley. <laughs> and I did a game on a Thursday night with Mark Helfrich, uh, who's a great guy and our colleague yeah. still at Fox. And we were in uh, Champaign-Urbana, and it was Nebraska at uh, Illinois. And Mike Riley uh, beat Illinois that night. Okay, no big deal. But... The thought was, and everybody just couldn't stop talking about it, the Nebraska people, everybody, all the scuttlebutt with Helfrich because he's a coach and people love to tell him stuff, is that, oh, my God, we're going to fire Mike. Scott Frost is coming here to save us. Everything's going to change. Nebraska football will be back. You know, Scott Frost was still coaching at UCF, and it was just the worst-kept secret in college football that Scott Frost was coming, and it was the biggest no-brainer of all time for Scott Frost to take the job. And it just goes to show how stupid we all are. You know, or, or we talk so much like we know stuff, and we just don't. I mean, Appy State went to Texas A&M and beat them. You know, Marshall just beat Brady's squad. Beat which the is brakes off them. Unheard of. I mean, that's unheard of. 2016, they had a pretty bad year. A lot of that going on. Yeah, but this kind of thing, like, just to happen in, it, for, for two Sun Belt teams like that to go win, I mean, Don't that's Georgia Southern, baby. Oh, yeah, and Southern. Well, you know, yeah. Clay Helton versus Frost. The first guy that got fired last year beats the first guy that got gets the hey, first he knew what he was getting into. He knew what powerhouse he was taking over the Sun Belt. <laughs> you know, uh, Hail State. The pass in the baton. Hail State. <laughs> it's Georgia State, I think. Yeah. Georgia Southern's a different one. Yeah. I think, I think Clay Helton's Georgia State. Hail State <laughs> in Statesboro. But you know, anyway. Never looked uh, back. You I think, you know, and Washington State, who people have talked about for the last three months, like they're the redheaded stepchild and where are they going to go? And, oh, my God, they're going to be in the Ohio Valley Conference, you know. And Washington State goes to Camp Randall and, and, and wins. It, so, it is uh, Georgia Southern, though, by the way. Oh, it is, huh? Yeah, it is Georgia Southern. I was Georgia say, State's Georgia State, the other one. Uh, the, who Georgia State just play a tight game with? I can't think of the top. Hail of State. <laughs> Georgia State. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> 
It is in Statesboro, though, right? Uh, I believe so. Wait, right. real quick. Uh, let, let, how, do you think, gonna... how do you think Mike Bone felt about um, Clay Helton getting the win? <laughs> I just don't Lincoln. even know. He's right. We didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, he is the head coach at Southern. Yeah, Georgia yeah. Southern Eagles. Statesboro. Okay, we had that. Okay. Yeah. Rival, their rival is Georgia State. There you go. They're the they're – the, their mascot is Pounce, the Panther. <laughs> yeah. Just like Surper. Surper. Oh, hey, uh, P, we're going to have some fun tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, – that's going to be a real adventure for me because yeah. I have to speak. I've been trying to call you. I have to speak in Catalina Island that night. And there's no way I can get oh, out no. of it. You I can't go to the backside. Don't go on the backside of that place. It's basically the backside. Yeah. And mm. uh, I have to speak to this group in Catalina Island. It's like druids or something. <laughs> and uh, I, there's no way out of it. And i got to find a way to do the show with Jonas tomorrow and do my calls with UT Martin, Hale State, and uh, <laughs> North Dakota. We'll make it work. And, uh, and, uh, and then I have to either chopper or take a fast boat <laughs> or get the Elon Musk Skylink and do it from there in a canyon with the white giants. Use the, uh, use the uh, crank rocket, the, uh, the one he sends into space that uh, debris falls off of. And I think we're going to do the, uh, the Skylink. Yeah, it sheds its skin. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Mm. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, Petros. Uh, that guy's got a lot of bastards. <laughs> sheds mm. his skin. Uh, get him on Twitter at the old P. Uh, he is the co-host of the Petros and Money Show on AM570 LA Sports. Fox College Football Analyst. He's calling like 17 games in the next three weeks. Seven. But, yeah, well, listen, we'll round up. Uh, Petros, we appreciate it. Thanks for uh, making it happen, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, P. Hail State! There, uh. <laughs> there he is. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.